Hey everyone, you're listening to Superwomen. Today's guest is Louisa Serene Schneider, the founder and CEO of Rowan. We have an incredible conversation about what it's like to grow, how growing is not always good, sometimes you lose money, and you make a bigger loss. So how do you make it profitable, and can it be scalable? Take a listen. Welcome to the podcast, Louisa. I'm so excited to chat with you today. So... When I got the inbound, you know, email to discuss all things, you know, your company, Rowan, um, I was excited as an ear piercing fanatic. I feel like um, every time I feel just a little bit too old, I have to go get another piercing and I'm scheduled to go (laughs) for one this week, actually. Amazing. Um, Yeah. So I was very excited to see, you know, the company you started. What were you doing and then what gave you the idea for it? Yes. So first of all, I just have to comment on your on your mention of when you're feeling too old, we have started to say for the young and the young at heart at Rowan. And I do think that ear piercing is ageless and it, and it does feel rejuvenating to go and do it. So I love that you're going. Um, and before Rowan, I spent most of my time after college begging my parents to live in New York city and them saying that's fine, but you have to figure out how to pay for it. And so while I wanted to do something with art, that was not going to pay the rent. And so I ended up going into finance and I worked in investment banking and in sales and trading. And I was covering almost exclusively retail companies. And so I looked at them from the lens of mergers and acquisitions, uh, was on the deal team that sold Brooks Brothers to Claudio Del Vecchio, then worked on um, retailers from the debt standpoint. So working at JP Morgan, originating loans to this company called Amazon that people were very skeptical about, um, and then went to business school at Columbia and studied retail, um, and entrepreneurship. And so was always thinking about the consumer and what was driving the consumer thought about, um, starting a yoga clothing company because I, I love to practice yoga. And that was before Lululemon, and it would have would have been uh, certainly was was thinking along the right along the right lines with athleisure at that time. Um, but went back into finance and and then worked at a hedge fund where I was uh, actively looking at retailers in malls. We had a negative thesis on malls, but we were looking at the retailers that were performing well. And one of them is Claire's, and I was amazed to start to really research it and. I just couldn't believe that the Claire's of my youth, which had not really been a great experience for me uh, decades prior, was still this, pretty much the exact same Claire's and was pretty much the only place to go. And so in yep. spite of being in bad locations, they were driving foot traffic. So how long was it before you saw that data that you said, OK, it's time for me to launch this, but making so much just a much better experience? Like I just it's ironic you say Claire's because my daughter, who is seven. Yep. Um, refusing to get her ears pierced, but like wanting it. And then no, yes, no, yes. Okay. <laughs> ugh, no. Like finally we walked by a Claire's and she's like, okay, let's do it. And I was like, really? Oh my God. Oh, gonna, you know, but like, it was a subpar experience that I was like, why am I here? Oh, I know it. I know it's, it's a lot of ear piercings are spontaneous percent are walk-ins. And I think that does happen quite a bit where you walk by and someone says, now's the moment and you go and do it. But it took a long time to answer your question. I think, you know, you have an idea, 
and life is happening around you. I was um, pregnant with my daughter when I started thinking about this idea. And I think I was feeling very, very much sort of the feminist um, on Wall Street where I didn't have many, many friends and certainly not people to look up to that were women. And I was looking at this business, Claire's, and I was actually doing some work on the prior um, leverage buyout of the company. I was amazed that it was a over a $3 billion valuation at the time. Oh my God. And the companies that, that took it private had put a tremendous amount of debt on the company because it was very consistently delivering cash because people get their ears pierced in good times and in bad, and they do so with relative frequency. So you can, you can count on a certain revenue stream. It's a great business. But I was just disappointed that they had done this LBO and they hadn't improved the business. Right. And so I, I was thinking, wow, you know, th- this is a really interesting opportunity because I think that the probably the men who who did this buyout didn't think of it as a business worthy of reinvestment and reimagining. And it's such a critical milestone. And it's one that deserves to be safer. Um, it's one that parents should feel really good about when they make the the selection of where they're going to take either their baby or go and join their daughter, you know, to get a, a second piercing maybe and a first piercing. They should feel really good about their choice and know that it's going to be safe and clean and that the person who's performing it is really, really well trained to, to do that procedure. And so it took, a, it took about six months of just research, reading, research, trying to understand what the existing players in the market were, how they were, how they were training. And some of it was kind of boots on the ground, like going to the mall and talking to the people that worked there. And what did you, what, what made you go, okay, good. Here's the white space. Now let's launch stores. Let's launch product. Right. Um, Which is, that's not nothing, right? We know retail has (laughs) suffered a lot, brick and mortar, the toughest. So yes. What was that sort of process? So a lot, first of all, it was, was, was doing a lot of reading. So reading transcripts of, of investor calls, reading mm-hmm. the public documents. And my work as an analyst helped me to really know how to do that and, and what to look for. But this was a business that was bucking, bucking the trend. So they were driving foot traffic. And what was pretty clear is that they were driving it, not because they were providing a superior service or product, but because there wasn't another competitor. And so that was really the aha moment when so much has already been disintermediated or brought into a next gen phase. No one had thought about ear piercing. And since we've launched, there have been a number of new players that have come into the market. But at that time, there really, there really wasn't um, that focus. And so then it was kind of understanding what the business model could be. And my whole family is um, in the medical field. So my parents are both doctors. My sister is a doctor and all of my aunts have a lot of aunts are all nurses. And I asked them if they'd pierced ears in the past, if that was something that would be interesting to them. And, and they all had, and they all liked doing it. And so that was really exciting. And then sort of was playing around with the idea. So, okay, I have a friend that's a nurse in Westchester. If if I ask her to, to do some ear piercing parties, are people going to want to do that and have her pierce? Because she had ear piercing experience um, working at a pediatrician's office. And so what ended up happening was I, I started a concierge style ear piercing service in Westchester. 
And within a short period of time, we had a very packed schedule on weekends where, where people wanted her to come. And then they also wanted to buy earrings. They kept asking, okay, you're here. I already have my ears pierced. Can I buy earrings after this? Because what am I going to change into? And that was kind of the natural evolution to the whole business model, which is um, to hire amazing nurses, to train them, to pierce ears, to pierce a lot of people super safely. And, and then to, to sell them hypoallergenic earrings so that they have a great outcome. And so how long did you run this sort of test where you were going to people's houses and doing this before you said, okay, now let's get into brick and mortar. Right. Um, Yeah. I wish, I wish it had been linear and you know, there was a business plan all along that said exactly what to do. Initially um, I thought that out of home concierge style was going to be the way to go, but a lot of things happened. One is COVID. Another is the complexity of running a remote network when you're offering a concierge style service. So the host, the the family is paying a premium and for them, this is their moment. And so maybe their grandmother is running an hour late or something happened and they need to push it back an hour or two. They expect to be able to do that because this is a premium service. Um, At the same time, our nurses are doing this oftentimes to augment an existing job. And so for them, it's meant to be flexible. So they have a life too. And so that marriage of at home and concierge became extremely complicated. And so while the service itself, once the nurse was at the home and we were doing the piercing, while that was working really, really well, the actual nuts and bolts of the scheduling and the operations and logistics of it was really complicated. And... At the same time, a lot of people kept saying, God, I don't want to clean my kitchen for you guys to come. Do you just have a store to go to? Because I don't want to have someone come into my house. And during COVID, we were doing a lot of outdoor piercings. But as you know, as a fellow New Yorker, the winter is cold and people don't want to host people outside. Um, And so during COVID, we closed down our New York City office, which a lot of people did. And I started looking at retail at the time because I thought, well, I'm probably going to get a great deal. And so I looked at a bunch of different locations and decided that it would be great to open a small um, studio or Rowan studio on the Upper East Side where our customer lives. And it could be an office if people didn't want to come in and get pierced. And therefore, and we were going to be paying less than we were paying for a small WeWork space. So that was kind of in my mind, this is not really a risk that I'm afraid to take because we'll use the space no matter what. And we really didn't do much marketing. It was all word of mouth. But within a really short period of time, we were completely booked. You know, it was really kind of all those factors that came together. And so you weathered COVID with how many locations? So I guess we're kind of still, I don't know if we're out of COVID or not. (laughs) I'm out of COVID. I just want to announce it. I'm done with it. I I had it. And then I was like, screw this. I am okay, it's over. <laughs> totally. Uh, right. I came home last night and one of my kids was taking a COVID test. I was like, what are you doing? Don't take the test. I don't know what to do anymore. I know. Um, I know. But we, we went in with, with, with no stores. We opened one and then we opened two more and we are opening three in the next two weeks. And by the wow. end of the year, we should have 20 locations. Holy so we shit. have, yeah, we've, we've just, been working just head down on this. And there are so many markets 
based on our research and our e-com data that will be very successful for us. And we have great nurses across the country that are eager to work in our studios. And so we're, we're moving pretty quickly on that. Wow. Yeah. wow. So you're, you're all, you all of the study and knowledge that you did with Claire's is totally paying off because it seems like you've entered a market that most people would say, Oh God, COVID, someone coming, <laughs> nurses being right. close, ah, but it's working because it's working. I think it's working also just because it's a relatively straightforward procedure, but it does require some technical training. And I think, you know, for me, the more that we can just hyper-focus on what's important, which is making sure that that piercing is a really exceptional experience and that it's positive and that we offer choice. So we pierce with a single-use device and we also do needle piercing and we only pierce the ear. So we don't pierce any other part of the body, which keeps the training really um, focused. And we also have unbelievably amazing and dedicated nurses. And without them, we would not be able to build this business. And they love what they're doing because it's a, it's a positive experience. They're growing um, their business knowledge. And they're also outside of a hospital setting, which you know, COVID has been really, really hard. And this is a positive, happy um, procedure where they are the star of the show. It's not a hierarchical hospital. And so I think from that standpoint, it's been super positive for them. That's so great that you've provided another outlet also for people who've been, for whatever reason, had struggles with hospitals, with band-aids or whatever, that that it's been another outlet, which makes me happy. Yeah. So we get creative nurses that really want to do something like this. That's, you know, they can help design a beautiful piercing for someone and they can, you know, proactively think through based on the anatomy, what's going to be the best outcome. And that's really unique and fun. And so we're able to attract people that I think are just naturally going to be successful working with Rowan, um, which is a big deal. And then very recently, we hired a woman named Caroline DeLassa to join us. And she was basically for the past 13 plus years, the executive creative director at SoulCycle. And so she really, she designed the logo. She did all of their branding and she took them from zero to 99 plus studios. And her work right now with Rowan is absolutely critical to our ability to expand quickly because her knowledge of brand, and I know you can appreciate this, is being able to build a brand that can transcend different geographic areas, et cetera, um, and grow is incredibly important to the success of, of the brand. And, you know, that's something that I think, you know, with, without a really strong brand team and, and brand director, it's hard to do. Oh, 100%. I think you need someone who who has that ability and vision to scale for sure. Uh, we don't we don't have that person right now, but I'm fantasizing about them daily. (laughs) (laughs) 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. So what, what has been the hardest unanticipated, like obviously we all know starting a business is hard and you know it's going to be struggles, but what was an anticipated struggle that you were like, didn't know what's going to happen? So I think we, I think rapid growth, honestly. So yeah. we had a partnership with a national retailer, which we still have, and that started off really small with like three studios in Minneapolis in store. So these were, these are store in store studios that we were operating and and operate mostly on weekends because similar to you with your daughter, a lot of it um, is, is about foot traffic and someone walking by and saying, Oh my gosh, there is a nurse, a Rowan nurse piercing. I'm going to do this. And during the week that that foot traffic isn't there with the same um, numbers. And that prototype sort of pilot just absolutely took off. And we went from three studios during COVID to 300 studios across the country. Oh my God. And maybe 1,500 nurses. So, you know, we're this teeny little startup (laughs) and we're all remote. And there are incredible benefits to being remote and there are incredible challenges to being remote. And I feel like everyone's talking about this right now because I I don't want to go back five days a week. I don't think we need to, but I do know that when I meet in person with my team, we can accomplish things that are much harder to accomplish mm-hmm. when we're remote. And so mm-hmm. I don't know what the right answer is. I'm curious what you think, but you know, we're now looking at that and we've made some changes and we're getting a little smaller with that partnership so that we can really understand it. And that was really kind of unanticipated because I think I was kind of likening it to like flying the first airplane, like the Wright brothers were, they showed us you could fly a plane, but whatever they flew at Kitty Hawk was not across the ocean. I think it flew like 60 feet and crashed. And so, you know, our initial pop-ups with our national retail partner work and they're great. But when you scale them to 300, you need to 
to understand where are the inefficiencies and how can you make it better and then grow much larger if that's what you want to do. Yeah. I think that sometimes people go like, oh, you poor person, you're expanding, but people have no idea (laughs) when you're expanding how challenging it can be or Mm -hmm. that they don't realize you have to go sometimes, at least for us, deep into debt to fund expansion. And, you know, and they're like, oh, must be so nice, you know, growing 548%. You're like, well, actually it was really painful. Right. And really expensive. And like, and the business school professor that I worked for, his name's Bruce Greenwald. Amazing. And and he always talked about that, you know, growth is not always good and, and growth that's losing money makes a bigger loss. And so how do you improve the business model? How do you make it profitable? And, you know, can it be, is it scalable? And I think in our case, it absolutely can be at the unit level, but you have to make operational changes uh, for that to be the case. And change is hard, especially when you're remote. So yeah, it's been, it's been incredible. But to your point, um, I think it's, it's exactly what you're saying. It's like, wait, how can this be anything but amazing? You're in 300 stores. It's unbelievable. And, you know, you have to take a step back and just understand that most people don't have, you know, your vantage point on that. Correct. Um, as a leader, what has been great since you started that you felt was like, yes, this is why I am the CEO <laughs> and what's been terrible? Yeah. So the, the part that's been great is every day we get a recap from our studios and our nurses or store managers draft this and they include the good and the bad, but it's mostly good. And they include stories. And we have had the most incredible stories. We had a 95 year old woman come in recently. And she said, you know, at 95, it's really hard to do something new. And it's hard to do something that makes you feel beautiful. And I got to do both today. And and stories like that, where you're like, yes, this is why we're doing this. And the fact that we're piercing a ton of infants and a 95 year old, we actually do a lot of ear piercings for all ages, all genders, for people that, you know, are going through different changes. It's, it's amazing. And it's things I didn't anticipate. We pierce a lot of people that are, are visiting the U.S. or they're commemorating an event. And it's really incredible to be part of people's life milestone and know that, yeah, it might not be, you know, a wedding or the biggest life milestone, but it was an opportunity to celebrate something that was not being recognized. And I think coming out of COVID, everyone appreciates now these moments more than ever. And they don't want to give up an opportunity to do something well and have a great memory. So that part is awesome. And that is just really the mission and it keeps us going. Um, I think the hard part is, you know, is you you go down a path and it's invariably not always going to be the right path. And then you kind of have to to change. And I think change can be hard because, um, and, and that is, I think for me, that's one of the hardest things is, is feeling, you know, working through change remotely, talking to to folks, getting them really excited about one path and then going back and saying, Oh, (laughs) we're now we have to take a different path. And, you know, it's, it's hard. It's hard to change. Yeah. So with the remote, with your core team, is everybody remote? Is is that what you're referring to? Or you're just referring to the fact that you have 
you know, essentially a workforce of nurses who are in person, then everyone else is sort of not, not in a store on a daily basis. Yeah. So our entire sort of corporate team is remote and some people live in Florida and some people live in Arizona. People live all over the country. And there are, though, a good number of us in the New York City area. And so we are trying to meet in person. (laughs) We were one of the lucky companies that decided to have a holiday party. And then a lot of people got COVID. So probably shouldn't say that, but it was so textbook. That was challenging. (laughs) Um, And, you know, I think we've just hesitated to pull everyone together because it's still unclear what's the right path. And so I think we will have an office. We're opening a studio this week, actually, in Brooklyn. And there's um, a space near that studio, which I think could be really great for us as a team. But yes, I mean, we have stores and we have these amazing nurses and they are showing up in person. And I think it would be helpful for our team to meet. Is that once a week? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. We had a core team of like seven coming into the office almost since day one and the rest were kind of like, yeah, we're never coming back. And so right. we had this very weird mixture of people that refused to step in the office. Right. And then the design team, which can't, can't do anything over Zoom. So I, I feel your struggle. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, some of it, to your point, with design or product, you kind of need to touch it and see it live. For sure. sure. For sure. So what gets you excited? Where you know, As you see the, the scale of the business, it's growing. Um, what, what makes you like, excited to get up and work every day? So I, I went on a walk with a friend this week and she took her daughter into the studio last Friday and they had a mother daughter weekend and they started off their mother daughter weekend in the city with, um, an ear piercing out row and they each got a piercing and then they stayed downtown a hotel and went and saw a show and went out to dinner and her daughter, um, Nina was super cute and said, you know, mom, you know, I, I just, I'm so excited to be a businesswoman one day, like, like Mrs. Schneider. And she said, you know, this, it's so exciting because I saw her write the business plan for this. And I went to her first ear piercing party at her house and now she has a store. And I think my daughter also gets really excited about it. And so that's, that's inspiring to me, even though it's just on that scale, like small, I think also just seeing something work and helping to create jobs and opportunities that are good and a new experience that probably should have existed before. It's not a novel concept to provide safe ear piercing, but to do it with a nurse and to have it branded is. And for me, it's just creating these these worlds and these experiences. I love it. And then on the personal side, how, you know, how have you straddled, I, I, I don't say the word balance, but how have you straddled the working mom and, and business Oh owner? my gosh, I am not doing a great job of that. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, um, I would give myself an F. We laugh a lot. And I would say humor is like critical because it's, it's messy, but I think you know, I'm trying to learn to take more time and to prioritize the little things uh, and and to carve out time for personal because it really is not a sprint, even though it it does feel like that lots of times. It's definitely a long, long, long journey. 
and you know, I want to, I want to continue doing it. And that's really important. Well, I love that you laughed because you said you're getting an F because I think sometimes, you know, you have to like, good, I'm failing. I'm going to try and do better. <laughs> but like, you know, like you just have to laugh at the shit sometimes because it's, it, you, we do. Laugh, you yes. Know? Right. And then we can like, self-flagellate and just you know that doesn't feel better either so right it was refreshing to hear you say that um so what would we be surprised to know about you I don't know I I guess I I tend to be more in the numbers and thinking about sort of strategy but the only thing I ever got an award in in college was studio art so I do love the creative part that's that's probably what I love the most but it's not where I spend most of my time do you struggle with, I love doing this, but now I have to do numbers and strategy or it doesn't bother you? I like both. Yeah. So I really do like both. And yeah, I guess, I guess it would be that. I, I wish there was something more exciting. I, everyone knows I do a ton of yoga and that my dream is to have like a little apartment in the South of France and spend a lot of time in one day. It's the hope. <laughs> uh, I'll join you. Okay. That sounds You're great. Anytime. <laughs> um, so my last question for you is what is a piece of advice you'd love to leave uh, my listeners with either hard one or um, given to you by another that you were like, actually, I listened to someone for once and it worked. Yeah, I think it's, you know, just trust yourself and have that core thesis around why you're doing what you're doing. But starting a business will and and following it through, you know, if there's any self doubt or any weaknesses that you know of yourself, maybe you try to cover them up, they will manifest, you know, they're, they're going to come up in one way or another. And so in a way, it's a it's a way for you to address all of that, right? Like if you get nothing else out of starting a company, you will know yourself better than you ever could have. And hopefully you come out a better version of yourself. Um, right. So, and then I would just say, try to lead with kindness. You know, everyone's trying really hard and these are hard times. So don't expect perfection. (laughs) Oh, for sure. I think, yeah, I think now more than ever, you know, again, you don't know what people are dealing with uh, in a way that's been, you know, overexposed. And so you just have to be as kind as possible. Exactly. Yep. I think that's right. So where can people go get pierced? Where can they buy earrings online if they're not near a location? All the places. Yep. So we're on heyrowan.com. And you can find us on the Upper East Side, 71st and 3rd. We are on Bedford in Brooklyn. We are opening at the Avalon in Alpharetta, Georgia in two weeks in New Orleans. And then we're going to be in Coconut Grove in Miami and many, many other locations. And then you can find us in about 200 target locations across the country. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you for joining me. Thank um, you, Rebecca. And I'm excited to get pierced. <laughs> awesome. We can't wait. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye. I just wanted to thank you guys for listening to today's episode. I also want to ask you to rate and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts. I know it's a pain in the butt, but it actually helps with search and algorithms. So if you love this podcast, it is an easy 
way to get it more visible and out there. I also want you to follow me on Instagram at Rebecca Minkoff at RM Superwomen and be sure to check out my book, Fearless, The New Rules for Unlocking Creativity, Courage, and Success. Thank you again and you will hear from me next week.